Well, good morning, church. Good morning, church. And we're glad you're here this morning. We're going to continue in our series, Winning. We're kind of getting close to the end of the series. But just if your first time here, I kind of want to remind you what we mean by winning. When we talk about winning around here, we're talking about experiencing those small spiritual victories in our life where God works in us and through us in a powerful way. We're not talking prosperity gospel. We're talking about how God gives us those victories where he works in and through us in our lives. And we said from the very beginning, if we're going to experience those kind of victories in our life, we have to be game ready. And we've been talking about this whole series, what does it mean for us to be game ready? So we started with, if we're going to be game ready, it's all about positioning. It's all about making sure, where, where am I positioned myself? Am I positioned with the wicked of the world? Or have I positioned myself and aligned myself with the truth of God's word and meditating on it day and night? Where are we positioned? And then we said, if we're going to be game ready, we got to decide, am I a player in the game or am I a what? A spectator. Someone who's just got the jersey but want to stay in the bleachers. And then we said, once we decide to be a player, we've got to know God's game plan. And hopefully you know God's game plan now, right? Micah 6.8, do justice, love mercy, and walk humbly with our God. Do what's right, show kindness, and walk with God. That's his game plan for our lives. If you want to know what God's will for your life is, what God's plan for you is, it's Micah 6.8. And then last week we said this, if we know the plan, now the most important part, you got to put it into practice, Right? you got to take what God has said for us, what God desires for us, and now it's time to put those things into practice. Now today I want to shift gears a little bit, and I want to talk about something that we all know very too much about, and that's the issue of pain. If you've ever played sports, anybody ever been hurt in a game? Anybody ever been hurt in a game? So you know what pain is like, right? Or if you were like in anything in life, you experience pain at different times. And the thing is, if, we, if we're going to be game ready, we've got to learn how to play through pain, right? Just like we've got to know God's game plan, and we've got to put that in practice. If we're going to be game ready, we've got to play through some pain. Now, let me differentiate something just for a moment. There's a difference in pain and injury, all right? Listen to me on that. Now, like when you watch a football game, for example, when someone, like when they, when they have to bring the, the paramedics on, and they put an air cast on their leg, and they cart them off, they're not playing through that, are they? I mean, like they're going to the hospital, they're getting x-rayed, and their season probably is over with. There's a difference in pain and injury. Injury is something that you've got to walk away from for a little bit. You've got to heal, and once you've healed, you've got to rehab so that you can eventually get back in the game. But if you're injured, you can't play through that. But then there's those who just go through pain. They've been beat up a little bit. They're bruised a little bit. Like, I'll never forget one time... I, uh, I was playing, it was my sophomore year in high school, it was pouring down rain, and I hit this guy head on, head on, and all of a sudden, I got a burner down the back of my neck. If you played football, you know what I'm talking about, and my left arm basically went numb, and I was dragging, and my mom thought I had dislocated my shoulder, but I just couldn't feel my arm. So I'm just kind of walking over there, and I'll never forget, my coach looks at me and says, what's wrong with you, Oz? That's what he called me, not Ozzy Osbourne, but he just called me Oz, and he says, what's wrong with you? I said, I got a burner, I can't feel my arm. He's like, suck it up and get back in the game. He's like, play through the pain, and so I'm out there. I've got one foot high. You know, I couldn't do anything, but I would learn to play through it. Now, some of you spiritually need to figure out what it means to play through the pain. You've been bruised. You've been beat up. Life has come at you. Now, listen, some of you have been injured. 
Like right now, maybe, maybe you've gone through a relationship breakup. Maybe you've gone through a divorce, or maybe you've, been also, you've had some issues with a relationship and it's like been broke, or maybe, or maybe you've gone through some real injury. You've suffered a loss of someone that you love and, and care about. Listen, listen, if you've gone through some real injury, if you're injured right now spiritually, you need to take time with the Lord and heal. And it's okay. You need to find some real time to get alone with God, and you need to heal, and you need to rehab. Why? So you can get back in the game. But if you're injured today, and you would say, Doug, man, where I find myself spiritually, I'm not in pain. I have been injured. There's some things that have been broken in me. I've experienced loss. I've experienced divorce. I've experienced heart. Whatever it is, I am injured. You need to heal this morning so you can get back in the game. But for most of us in the room, We've been beat up, haven't we? Anybody been beat up this week spiritually? Three people. Come on, who's been beat up this week spiritually? I mean, if if not, listen, the enemy now knows who to come after, right? So, I mean, here's the thing. We've all been beat up and bruised. But here's what I know about me and I know probably about you. Oftentimes, when we are in pain, not injured, but in pain, and we've been beat up and we've been bruised, oftentimes, like I did on that day, I'm like, coach, I'm coming out of the game. And what did he say to me? No, you're not. Suck it up, right? And sometimes we take ourselves out of the game instead of learning to play through the pain. Listen, we're going to go through heartaches. We're going to go through difficulties. The enemy's going to attack us. But every time that happens, every time pain comes this way, every time we feel a little beat up and a little bruised spiritually, we shouldn't throw the towel in and go to the bench and go, I just got to take a time out. No, no, we've got to learn to play through the pain. So how do we do that? If you have your Bibles, 2 Corinthians is where I'm going to be today. 2 Corinthians chapter 12. If you have your Bibles, 2 Corinthians chapter 12. And I know you just sit down, but I'm going to ask you to stand in honor of reading God's word. We're going to read three verses today. 2 Corinthians chapter 12. I'm going to begin reading in verse 7. The apostle Paul, through God's inspiration, writes these words. So to keep me from becoming conceited, Because the passing greatness of the revelations, a thorn was given to me in the flesh, a messenger of Satan to harass me, to keep me from becoming conceited. Three times I pleaded with the Lord about this, that it should leave me. But he said to me, my grace is what? Come on, my grace is what? Sufficient for you, for my power is made perfect in weakness. Therefore, I will boast all the more gladly of my weaknesses, so that the power of Christ may rest Upon me, for the sake of Christ, then I am content with weakness, insults, hardships, persecutions, and calamities. For when I am weak, then I am what? Strong. Let's pray. God, we love you. We thank you for your word today. We pray that you would speak to us in a powerful, powerful way this morning, Lord. Help us figure out what it means to play through the pain of life. Lord, we love you. And so in your precious son's name we pray. Amen. You may be seated. Now, as we look at this, there's three things I want you to know about the passage. If you and I are going to play through the pain, there's some things we've got to realize. Here's the first thing we've got to realize. Pain has a purpose. Did you hear me on that, church? Pain has a purpose. Can anybody say amen to that? Or oh me, right? Because you know what I'm talking about. Pain has a purpose. And if you think about it, if there was anybody in Scripture who was busting it out for the Lord. If there was anybody in Scripture who was living passionately for the Lord, wasn't it the Apostle Paul? 
And if there's anybody, when I look at Scripture, that I say, okay, if there's anybody I want to protect from pain so they can do more work for my kingdom, it would be the Apostle Paul. If there was anybody in Scripture that I'd want to look to and go, God, you should protect that person because they're making such a huge impact for you. Don't bog them down with letting them go through pain. Let him kind of bypass that. You would think that possibly, but that's not Paul's story. Did Paul experience pain? Sure did. In fact, let's back up in chapter 11. Back to chapter 11 with me if you have a Bible open. And I just want to start reading verse 23. Listen, listen to the pain that Paul has endured. He ta- he's talking, he says, are they servants of Christ? Am I not a better one? I am talking like a madman with far greater labors, far more imprisonments, with countless beatings, and often near death. Five times I received the hands of the Jews, the 40 lashes, less, uh, less one. Three times I was beaten with rods. Once I was stoned. Three times I was shipwrecked. A night and day I was adrift at sea. One frequent journeys and and dangers from rivers, dangers from robbers, danger from my own people, dangers from the Gentiles, and danger from the city, danger in the wilderness, danger at sea, danger from false brothers, and toil and hardships through many sleepless nights, and hunger and thirst, often without food, and cold and exposed uh, and apart from other things, there is, there is daily pressure on me with, of my anxiety, of all the churches. Who is weak? I am not weak. Who is made to fall? I am not indignant. In other words, Paul's saying, listen, if you think you've gone through some stuff, how many of you can say that you've gone through some stuff that Paul's gone through? When's the last time you were in prison three times? When's the last time you took 39 lashes multiple times? So did Paul know pain? Come on, did Paul know pain? Yes, Yes, he knew pain. He absolutely knew pain. But also the thing about Paul, if you would think he would be exempt, but God says, I'm not going to make you exempt. And what we find out in this passage, let's go back and read verse 7. Look at the pain he talks about in verse 7. So to keep me from becoming conceited because of the surpassing greatness of the revelations. In other words, how God was using me. A thorn was given me in the flesh. A messenger of Satan to harass me, to keep me from becoming conceited. Concede. He says, listen, you want to talk about pain? Here's the pain I've gone through. God has allowed a thorn to be in my flesh. Now, how about you? Anybody ever been uh, stuck by a thorn of a rose bush? Anybody? You know what I'm talking about? You know, when you think about thorns, typically we think about something that has a small irritation. That's not what Paul's talking about. In fact, in the Greek language, the word thorn here could be translated in English as a stake. So he's not talking about a small irritation. He's talking about being impaled by something. Not literally physically, but spiritually. So when he talks about a thorn in the flesh, he's not talking about something just kind of in a small way irritating him. He's like, no, there's something that has impaled me spiritually. And this impalement, listen, it's come from a messenger of Satan. Like, God has allowed Satan's messenger to come and bring this thorn to my flesh, to bring this pain in my life. And, and listen, what he says here, this messenger has a purpose. This messenger's purpose is to do what? Is to harass me and to keep me from becoming conceited. This messenger has one purpose, pain. Do you remember the Rocky movie when he stood before Mr. T? And they said, what do you predict for the fight? And what did he predict for the fight? Pain, Right? That was a messenger of Satan. All he cared about was bringing pain, suffering, heartache into the life of Paul. Paul says, listen, I've gone through some stuff, but there's a thorn in my flesh. In fact, if you back up and read the first six verses, most scholars would tell you that he felt like this thorn in his flesh had been there between 10 and 14 years. 
He'd been wrestling with it. And it wasn't a new pain. It's an old pain. He's like, listen, I'm going through some stuff. And God has allowed this messenger from Satan to come and impale me spiritually. We don't know exactly what the thorn in the flesh was. Scholars can speculate, but we don't know. It could have been a physical issue. It could have been a demonic issue. We don't know what it was. But somehow or another, God, like Job, has allowed Satan to send a messenger to create pain and put a thorn in Paul's flesh. Just like God allowed Satan to go attack Job, God has allowed Satan to send a messenger to attack Paul. I think Paul's gone through some pain, don't you? Now, what I love about this is, even though he's going through pain, Paul recognizes something. He recognized this pain has a purpose. Why does he tell us that God has allowed this pain to come into his life? To keep him from becoming what? Conceited. He's like, God has allowed this pain to come into my life, even though I hate it. God has allowed it to come into my life. I realize the pain that he's allowed has a purpose, and that purpose is to keep me from becoming arrogant. Now, why would that be important for Paul? Well, let's just think who Paul was. Before Paul got saved, he was a Pharisee. He was the religious of the religious. He was the who's who of the Jewish group of people. He knew it all. In fact, we know that he was a pious Pharisee. He was an arrogant. He was a conceited Pharisee. And then Jesus saved him and changed him. And now Paul is probably the greatest voice of the message of Christ in the first century. Do you think Paul could have wrestled with becoming conceited in Christ all over again? Sure he could have. But Paul says, listen, I recognize the purpose of this thorn. Even though I hate it, even though I don't really want it, I know that the, the purpose of this pain is to keep me humble, to keep me from being conceited. And I just want you to hear me this morning say something. I don't know about you, but I don't like pain. Anybody else like pain? You know, occasionally I'll get asked the question, you know, because my, my middle son has a couple tattoos, maybe more than I know now. But anyway, they say, why don't you get a tattoo? Well, I have nothing doctrinally against it. I just don't like pain. I mean, 3,000 needle pricks in my skin at one time, I, I'm not for that. I'm against that. I never want that to happen. So I don't like pain. And so when pain comes my way, I don't like it. But here's what we need to realize spiritually. You don't have to like the pain that God allows to come your way. But pain does have a purpose. See, when pain comes our way, pain has a purpose. For Paul, that purpose was to keep him humble. Do you think Jesus knew pain? Come on, do you think he knew pain? Yeah, he went to a cross, didn't he? I mean, that was spiritual. I mean, you say, well, how was the cross spiritual? Well, do you remember the moment when there was a disruption in the trinity of God, when he says, my God, my God, why? Why have you forsaken me? There was a one moment in all eternity where the Father turned his eyes from the Son so the Son could take on the weight of the sin of the world. There was spiritual pain there, I promise you that. Do you think there was physical pain there? I can't imagine it. You and I can't imagine it. The movie, the Jesus movie that we all saw about a decade and a half ago, pales in comparison to the abuse that Jesus took, the pain that he suffered on the cross, the nails that went through his wrist and went through his feet, how they stabbed him. I mean, all the pain he went through, it's just, we cannot imagine it. So do you think he knew physical pain? Yeah. But what was the purpose of his pain? Salvation. Are you with me on that one? Jesus endured the cross for you and I. Pain has a purpose. I don't know what you're going through this morning. You may have some, you've been beat up, bruised spiritually, and you're going through some stuff, but I want to challenge you to think this way. Instead of going, you know, I hate this pain, maybe we ought to start looking for what is the purpose in the pain that I'm going through. Hear me on this church. 
if we are going to play through the pain and continue to continue to carry out God's plan for our life and to continue to carry out his game plan for our life, we've got to learn to play through the pain. And the first way we do that is by remembering pain has a purpose. Second thing I want you to notice is this, is that pain puts God's grace on display. That pain puts God's grace on display. Look at me in verse 8 and 9. Look what he says here. I love this. Three times I pleaded. Now, what do you think that means? Three times I what? I begged. Right? I begged. I remember as a kid, my mom would spank me. I've said this before. My mom was a spastic spanker, which means she would like have this isotone house shoe, and it was like, I mean, it was fast. And she would just chase me around the room, and I would plead, and I would plead. Mama, don't spank me. Mama, don't spank me. Mama, don't spank me. I mean, I would plead with her. Never worked, but I would plead with her, right? He pleaded with the Lord. Listen, if he had experienced this thorn, which we don't know quite what it was, but there was obviously a spiritual impalement that he was wrestling with. If he pleaded with the Lord, he had experienced this 10 to 14 years. Do you think there was a deep begging on his part going, God, I think I've learned my lesson. I know what it was for in my life. God, could you please take this away from me? Don't you feel like that would have been Paul's heart? Look what it says there. Three times I pleaded with the Lord about this, that it should leave me. But here's what he said to me. My grace is sufficient for you. See, when we think about, this is go back to the point, when we think about pain in our life, we need to know that pain puts God's grace on display. See, when Paul was going through pain, let's go back to the, 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 the point there. Yeah, when we think about going through pain, have you ever thought about the pain you go through, how it displays God's grace in the world with which we live in, how it displays God's grace on those around you? When Paul was going through pain, where did Paul go? He went to the Lord, didn't he? He didn't go seek human wisdom. He didn't sit down and try to figure this thing out. Paul was in pain, and he went to the Lord, and he begged to the Lord, Lord, I, I, I get it. I've gone through it, but I want you to take this away, Lord. I beg you. I am pleading with you. Now, he went to the Lord. But did God remove the pain? Did God remove the pain? No. Well, that was an unanswered prayer. No, it wasn't. See, we just learned a while ago that Paul's pain was productive spiritually, wasn't it? It produced in him a humility that without it, he might not have had. Without it, he may have not been the testimony to the first century that God wanted him to be. So while God did not take the pain away, what did God say? Listen, Paul, I know you're hurting. I know you're going through it. I know you want this thorn and the flesh removed. I know this messenger of Satan has made your life miserable. I know it, Paul, and I know you want me to take it away, but I'm not going to. But Paul, here's what you need to know. My grace is enough. My grace is sufficient for you. Here's what he's telling Paul. What you need, Paul, more than me taking your pain away is my grace. What you need more than me removing that thorn out of you is my grace. Paul, my grace is sufficient for you in every area of your life, Paul. My grace was sufficient for you to bring salvation. My grace is sufficient for you to help you overcome sin. And my grace is enough for you to help you endure the pain you are going through. What does God want Paul to know? It's the same thing he wants us to know. That if God's grace was enough to save us, it is enough to sustain us. Can you say amen to that, church? 
That if God's grace is enough to save you and I, God's grace is enough to sustain you and I. And maybe you're going through some pain. And listen, I, I'm not going to tell you like, like, like Paul, I mean, I've gone through some pain in my life. And do I pray that God would take it away? Yes. Yes. And listen, quite frankly, sometimes God does take the pain away, doesn't he? But he doesn't always. And if you find yourself in pain and you pray, God, would, what is the purpose behind it? God, I feel like I've learned my lesson. I've learned what you want from me, God. Would you please take this away? Maybe God will take the pain away. But if he doesn't, we need to remember the words he spoke to Paul. My grace is enough. So if I don't take the pain away, Joey, you know what that means? What you need more than the pain removed is my grace in your life. I was graceful enough to save you, big enough to change you. My grace is enough to sustain you and to get you through it. And if we're going to play through the pain, not only do we need to realize that God's pain has a purpose, but pain puts grace on display. There's one more thing I want you to notice, that pain demonstrates God's power. Look at me just in verse 9, the last half of verse 9. He says, my grace is sufficient for you, for my power is made perfect in weakness. He says that his power is perfected in weakness. Do you think Paul was at a place of being spiritually weak right now? Him begging for this? Come on, do you think he was spiritually weak at this point? Man, I do. I think Paul was at the end of his rope. I think Paul was at the end of answers. I think he was at the end of his strength. I think he was at the end of his confidence. But listen to me. He said, my power is perfected in weakness. So when you are at the end of your rope, Paul, guess what? <laughs> That's when I show up. When you are at the end of yourself, Paul, guess what? That's when my power shows through, shines through, and shows up in a powerful way. See, Paul, you've been trying to maybe to figure this out. Maybe you've been backing up going, okay, I'm not sure about all this stuff. But listen, Paul, when you stop and when you lean on my grace, that's when my power shows up. That's when I show up in a powerful way and you see what I want to do in you and through you like never before. See, what we've got to realize is pain is a demonstration of God's power. If we will realize pain has a purpose, that pain displays God's grace and that pain demonstrates his power, we'll realize that when we go through pain, first and foremost... We need to lean on his grace. But we also need to realize that when we become the end of ourselves, when we stop trying to figure it all on our own, and we lean on our need for God and dependence on him, God shows up and he shows out in a powerful way. That's when his power works in and through us like never before. Now notice what Paul says after this. Paul ultimately realized a couple things in verse 10. Look what he says. He says, therefore, or verse nine, in verse 9, therefore, I will boast all the more gladly of my weaknesses, so the power of Christ may rest upon me. For the sake of Christ, then, I am content with my weaknesses, insults, hardships, persecutions, and calamities. For when I am weak, then I am what? Then I am strong. Paul ultimately realized this, that if when I'm at the end of myself, as that's when God truly shows up and his power really comes through, then I can boast in my weakness right? I can boast in my weakness because in my weakness, that's when God is working in me and through me to change me. Do you think God did this to Paul to punish Paul? Or do you think God did this to Paul to grow Paul up? I think it was to grow him up. 
See, Paul didn't give him a thorn in the flesh because he was angry with Paul and he wanted to punish Paul. No, he gave him a thorn in the flesh because he wanted to grow him up spiritually. And humility was something that Paul needed to learn because he had spent most of his life arrogant. And I'm just telling you, God shows up in our lives, not because he's trying to punish us, but because he wants to grow us up. And Paul realized, listen, I can boast in my weakness because when I boast in my weakness, that's when God works in me in the greatest way. God grows my faith. God strengthens my faith. And then he goes on to say, not only can I brag in my weakness, but he says, I can be content in my weakness. I can be content. That word content is translated, I can delight in my pain. Anybody ever delighted in pain? Anybody? I sure haven't, right? Now think about that spiritually for a moment. Paul has gone on from saying, okay, this pain is a, is, a, is a pain to me, and I want it removed from me. And he comes to this conclusion based on God's power being perfected in his weakness. And what is his conclusion? Well, now, if that's the case, I can brag about my weakness. Because God's power is going to work in me and through me. I can be content. I can delight in my pain. Why? Because true strength comes through pain. Do you believe that this morning? That strength can come through pain? See, what Paul realized in this moment was that strength always comes through pain. See, here's the thing. God had somewhere to take Paul spiritually. And the only way that God was willing to get him there was by taking him through some stuff. And the same thing's true for you and I. That in our lives, when we go through pain, we need to realize that pain can demonstrate God's power in our life. That if we will lean on his grace, that God can show up in our lives and he can strengthen us. He can draw us in. He can make a difference in our lives. He can grow us closer. And that the pain we experience, God can work in us and through us so that we can boast in our weakness. Because listen, I don't have to be strong. He is right? I don't have to be this, 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 this fortress of a city because I serve a God who is my strength, who is my portion, who is my refuge. I don't have to be a pillar. He is. And also, not can I brag in my weakness? I can be delighted in my weaknesses because I know that strength comes through pain. Now, hear me this morning. For some of you, you're like, I don't like this very much. I don't either. But here's what I know. God has somewhere he wants to take you spiritually. And oftentimes where he wants to take you on that path is moments of pain. It's moments of pain. Just like Paul. And so if you and I are going to learn to play through the pain, we've got to start realizing pain has a purpose. That pain puts God's grace on display, and that pain demonstrates God's love, I mean God's power and love to this world. So I guess my thing, my prayer for us today is that for some of you, I, I know your story, for some of you, man, you're injured today. Spiritually, you are broke. Would you take some time to heal? It's okay. Take some time to heal. Take some time to get alone with the Lord, get with other believers, and heal and rehab so you can get back into the game. But some of you in the room today, you've just been beat up a little bit. You've been knocked around a little bit. And you're ready to turn the jersey in. You're ready to go sit on the bench. 
And I want to say that you and I have got to start seeing pain differently. Like when you go through pain in life, we've got to, as believers, pause and go, okay, listen, if God's plan is God's plan, and it is, if God really wants me to live this way so I can bring him honor and his glory, I've got to learn to play through this pain. And if I'm going to do it, I've got to start looking at pain going, okay, God, what's the purpose in that? God, pain's coming to life. God, what are, you, what, are you trying to, what are you trying to teach me? I mean, have you ever thought about that for a moment, that when pain comes into our lives, that we should pause and go, what is the teachable thing here that God's trying to show me? Listen, I'm telling you, if we will view it that way, it will change how we view pain. We'll start viewing it in a sense of, okay, God, what are you trying to show me, teach me? What is the purpose of this? When we go through pain, if we will pause and go, okay, God, I mean, what are you trying to show me about your grace? God, what is it about you? What is it about what I've gone through? What is it about all this that you're trying to remind me of? Are you trying to remind me that your love and your grace is enough for me? Yeah, I get that, God. Or maybe when you go through pain, we need to pause and think about how can God use this pain in my life to demonstrate his power by working in me and through me. Listen to me, believer. Everybody look at me. When you're going through pain, do you think people are watching? Come on, do you think people are watching? And how you respond to pain, do you think people are watching? You better believe it. And I guarantee you, they are making decisions about what you buy into, what you believe, and who you follow. And in our pain can be a reflection of God's power, working in us and through us for his name and his glory. So if you're a believer today, my prayer is that you would make a conscious decision to change the way that you view pain. Instead of always praying for it to be gone, maybe there's a purpose, and there is. Maybe God wants to remind me that his grace is sufficient. Maybe God wants to do something in me and through me to, to, to blow away somebody that's watching me. See, if we view pain that way, it'll change how we respond to it. And then maybe here this morning, there's some of you that maybe you've never trusted Christ as your Savior. And if you remember a moment ago, I read where it says the messenger of Satan has come to torment Paul. But see, the thing is, no matter what torment Paul experienced on earth, that torment pales in comparison to the reward that he will experience in heaven. But if you don't know Christ, not only can you experience earthly pain, but there's also eternal pain that awaits you. And that pain won't go away. That pain and that torment last for all eternity. And the only way to escape it on this side of eternity is by surrendering your life to Christ. By saying, your grace, your love that I don't deserve is enough to change my life. I acknowledge that I'm a sinner. And I invite Jesus to be my Savior. And if you've never done that today, would you make that decision? Would you ask Jesus into your life to be your Lord, your Savior, your boss and master of your life? And if you do that, he will change your life and it will change your eternity. So however the Lord's leading this morning, would you be faithful to respond to it? Everybody right now, stand with me. Everybody stand. Every head bowed and every eye closed. No one looking around. As we enter in time of invitation. And I want this to be a moment, maybe a holy moment for us. And I can't see all that far back. But if there's some of you here today with nobody looking around, say, you know what, Doug? I am injured. I need to really heal. So I get back in the game. Would you just slip your hand up? I'm going to be praying for you. Slip your hand up, put it right back down. Oh, man. Wow. Wow. You need to take time to heal. You need to get alone with God. 
with some godly people and let them speak truth and love into your life so that you can heal and rehab and get back in the game. But for the rest of us, if you're a believer this morning and you've experienced some pain, you've been beat up and bruised lately, would you just put your hand up real quick? Just put it up. I know I have. Yeah. Can I just challenge you this morning? Would you start viewing pain differently? Would you make this commitment this morning that, Lord, I'm going to view pain, the pain that comes my way, the pain that you've allowed, that it has a purpose? That that pain can remind me that your grace is enough. That that pain can be used for you to work in me and through me to reveal your power and who you are. Would you change the way you see the pain? And if you're here this morning, you've never trusted Christ, would you do that? Hey, listen, the pain in this world pales in comparison to the pain you experience for eternity without him. So would you just trust him as your Lord and Savior this morning? Let's pray together. Father God, I love you. I thank you for this story today. I thank you for the words of Paul and the words you spoke to Paul. I thank you for the reminder today that if we're going to be game ready, we have to acknowledge that, yeah, while we want to get pumped up about the game plan and we want to get pumped up about being a player and we get pumped up about putting it into practice, God, we've got to realize that there's also some moments where we go through some pain. I know there's believers in the room that are beat up and bruised this morning. God, would you change the way we see pain? Would we come to the same conclusion that Paul came to that I can boast and be content and even delight in my pain because my pain has purpose. My pain, it causes me to focus on your grace. My pain is a perfect reflection of how you can show power through that pain. God, would you change how we see it? And the God for the person that's never trusted you today, would your Holy Spirit just work on their heart? And help them realize the decision they're making isn't just a lifetime decision. It is an eternal one. So God, I pray for somebody today just to say yes to you. Lord, would you speak to us? Would you move? Lord, it's in your precious son's name we pray. Amen. Now, real quickly. As a time of invitation, maybe you're injured and hands went up all over the room. Maybe you're in pain, and likewise, hands went up all over the room. Maybe you just need to spend some time with the Lord at this altar. Say, God, would you change the way I see pain? Maybe you need more than that. Maybe you need somebody to pray with you, and Jason and Kelly are right over there, and Pat and Willie are right over there, and you just need someone to come alongside you and just to pray over you, pray God's protection and provision over you, because you're going through it. But whatever you're going through, would you ask God to change what's going on here, change the way we see pain? And that God might use our pain for his glory. And then if you never trusted Christ, would you respond? Find Pat and Willie or Jason and Kelly and say, I need Jesus in my life today. So as the Lord leads you this morning, the altar's open. They would love to pray with you. But let's not leave here the same way we came in. Some of you came in with some junk. You came with some baggage today. Could we just lay that down at the foot of the cross and say, Lord, would you do a work in my life? So however the Lord's leading you, let's just be faithful today. Let's be faithful to respond as he's moved in our spirit as we continue to worship.